Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, we are joined by Sean Woods and Bobby Hurley, who starred in the greatest college basketball game ever played. We are joined by two of the key players from the greatest game of all time, and that is the 92 uh, championship game. We're joined by Bobby Hurley, formerly of Duke, Sean Woods, formerly of Kentucky. Uh, how are you guys, and, and how much have you seen each other? You're both head coaches now. How much have you seen each other? How much have you talked shit to each other over the years on the recruiting trail? Uh, what's the uh, relationship like? Well, Jeff, it's great being with you guys and, and talking about that game, such a special game uh, for a lot of people. So, But, yeah, as far as Sean and I, we'd see each other recruiting and just talk about other things and <laughs> have a laugh and joke, but, but we don't we – don't, we never discussed the game like that. I, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> it was the same thing. We've never talked about it. You know, we've seen each other in the past at the Final Four, a couple of recruiting events, but we've never, ever talked about it, not once. Well, you got plenty to talk about, guys. It was uh, – I covered it. I was privileged enough to be covering it for the Boston Globe at Saturday afternoon in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, it was uh, funny because uh, I had – I was just getting over – the uh, Thursday night game when uh, Kentucky beat uh, UMass and there was some controversy in that involving a referee and, and a technical foul called on coach Cal and all that, you know, but uh, uh, anyway, and, uh, but, and Duke of course was having a great season, but we knew it was going to be a wonderful matchup. And, and of course a matchup of two, uh, the all time top five programs ever. But uh, when, when something like that breaks out, I knew when I walked out of there, I'd seen something truly, truly special. And it was just an honor and privilege. And, and then, you know, as from a writing standpoint, you, your thought is, you've got to live up to this. You know, now the pressure's on us to commemorate this properly for posterity. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, so it, it made uh, us want to raise our games, too, as you guys forced us into that. I appreciate well, that, Bob. It was certainly, you know, uh, just living it and, you know, being in that moment and uh, just looking back on it, reflecting, you know, just all the shot making, all the big plays, the resilience, the toughness of, of both teams, tremendous, you know, will to win. And, uh, and, and rewatching the game on, on Saturday just brought all those feelings. Uh, you know, I've never, you know, that year we were putting teams away. When we got up 12, got up 10, it, it was like lights out. And, and that Kentucky team which had so much heart wouldn't go away just kept battling back, you know, as soon as we went up 10 and they called timeout, you know, they were hitting a three and, and cutting the lead in half before we knew it. So it was, it was such a tremendous battle. Well, you know, I, I tried, took some pretty good notes on that game. And I, I, to me, the game, looking at it the second time started, and Sean, you to help me out here, was 67-55, timeout, 12-point lead, about 10 minutes to go. And Mash hits a three, and then Darren Feldhouse steals the inbounds. And feeds Mash, Jamal Mashburn, for those of you who wonder. And it's another three. Boom. Six quick points. And I did that. Do you recall, Sean, if that truly energized you guys? And, and to me, that's when the game really got good. From that point on, it really, really heated up. Well, you know, we started off good. Our pressure was good at the beginning of the game. But if you notice, we played zone because we just mm -hmm. coached and feel like we can match up for 40 minutes, man-to-man -man, against Bob and them because they were just so talented. And everybody on the floor can, can take you off the bounce, uh, one through five on that team. And so what he wanted to do, the strategy was to press, see if we can get a steal initially, uh, and then get back in the zone and just control and just have a chance. And then sooner or later, 
he was going to unleash, and we were going to go what, what we call black press, which is denying the ball in and then trapping the first pass. Well, after that timeout, he just said, you know, let's just go for what we know. You know, we, it's time now. And as soon as we came out of that timeout, Fellhouse got two steals passed to me. Mashburn came on the trail, hit two, three – well, he hit the first one, and Duke called timeout. And then we, caught, we come back, we get another steal. Mash hits another three. Now it's a ball game. Now we're feeling good about ourselves again because we got them on, our, on their heels. Um, but, gosh, dog, you know, looking at that game yesterday or the day before yesterday, Bob, you made every big shot. And, and I'm going to tell you somebody else that doesn't get a lot of credit for making big shots in that game was Thomas Hill. Thomas, his, his Thomas shot at one-minute mark awesome that day. in that game was, um, was, yeah, big time. Shot fake, step through, you know, at a critical time. Absolutely. Oh, my agree. gosh. But if I'll tell you this. threes, Christian, you know, not missing a shot and, and making tough shots. And then Thomas Hill doing what he did. I mean, we're like, God, you know, is it ever going to stop? Bob missed one. I turned the ball over. Bob missed the jump shot. They got a tip out. Bob gets it again, and he just sticks a dagger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, don't, know so how I, had, I don't know how I had the energy in my legs to make that shot, having the deal with you face guard me the, the whole game <laughs> and not let me get the ball. You know how much energy I had to exert trying to even catch the ball against you guys? Like, that's probably the hardest – defense that I've faced and, and you in particular just not letting me even catch the inbound pass. Well buddy it was it was you know, it was crazy chasing you too now. You know how frustrating that is as as a point guard. You want to have it your way. You don't want to exactly. have a guy just you know deny that space from you and make you work and earn every every step of the court, man. It was it was it was such an amazing battle and and so tired and fatigued after that game just from having you chase me around for 45 minutes. Sean you guys are battling I'm a, yes, to, to Bob's credit on that, every time he got a chance, though, he stuck us. Mm-hmm. You know, so anytime time, you know, I, I was denied. That was the reason why we were denied because, in my mind, I thought Bob was the most dangerous guy on the team. He's what made them go. And he made every shot and made every play. And my job was to just make sure that we can limit those deals. And every time he got a chance, he burned us. So, you know, to his credit, you know, our plan was working, but whenever he got a chance, he made sure he he he, he made the right deal. Well, he, yeah, well, Sean, I had to make up for those eight turnovers that you guys – <laughs> I had to do something out there. Sean, Sean you I'm hit always, the I'm shot. I'm always negative, by the way. I'm just <laughs> – Sean, you hit the shot with two seconds left. It, it looked like it was going to be the game winner, that kind of one-handed bank shot, right? And what are you thinking from that moment till the moment when you get back on the court and Grand Hill obviously throws the pass to, to Leitner that they, they they beat you. Well, you know, you dream of a situation your whole life. But once, you know, the shot was made, I was just wanting to hurry up and get out there. You know, coaches talk about don't foul. We had gone over the play. That we, we knew what play they ran. You know what I mean? They had that one deal. It didn't go right against Wake Forest. Yeah. But for some reason, coach thought the best idea was to put two guys on Christian instead of one. And, you know, it was two guys there, but it was a soft situation because, you know, we didn't want to foul. And Grant had the best look from a passing standpoint that he had had all night to just throw the ball straight to Christian. And that was probably the the easiest shot Christian had taken all night, too. 
and you, I could still see him. He was so, Bobby, uh, was that so typical of him? He was so the, deliberate. The poise. The poise. So the deliberate. He took yeah. a spin, a calm dribble, but he knew exactly how much time, right? He knew exactly what he could do. And he also knew, and I believe I heard uh, Coach K say this, that the clock doesn't start till he catches the ball. So he knows he has a full two seconds to do it. Yeah, but it's hard for a player in that moment to process that the way oh, he did. Well, was, most people wouldn't. Yeah, you would panic. Most people would, would panic and not, like you said, be deliberate, take your time, get the shot off, knowing, you know, it was perfectly time. It couldn't be done any better. It's a now, here's one thing, uh, Sean, I, I noted um, I had forgotten and that at the end of regulation, uh, the circumstance was reversed. You guys had the ball <coughs> for the, the, the long inbounds pass. But it was guarded by Christian Leitner, and and, and Timberlake threw it out, threw it, and it was was or wasn't tipped out of bounds. There was a question as to whether Thomas Hill got his finger on it, then who was going to get the ball back, blah blah blah. You know, and it was a long debate about it. But anyway, they guarded the inbounds pass, and it it seemed to affect it. I don't know if that crossed Coach uh, Patino's mind. You know, to say to, to harass the inbounds pass. Well, you know. We never questioned Coach Patino. You know what I mean? We yeah. never. And today, to this day, I still don't question it because <clears throat> the chances of one guy catching a long, you know, the in, I mean, a length of the court pass over two defenders is not very – the chance of that happening is not very great. Mm -hmm. But it happened on this night. And going back to Christian, even when the situation happened with Timberlake, and I was good at getting under guys' skin. I walked up to him, and I said some vicious things to him. And it was like he wasn't even paying attention. You know, even when – if you look at the game, when he walked back, he knew he had did something wrong. But that was – if he didn't get kicked out of the game, it did not affect him mentally. I mean, his eyes never wavered. His body mannerisms never wavered. Normally a guy throws his hands up, coach, I didn't mean to, so-and-so, so-and-so. Right. Oh, he no. walked up. Whatever Coach K said to him, he said to him, Christian didn't bat an eye. And Christian hadn't batted an eye the whole game. And, you know, Bob, Bob played with Christian. And I tell people all the time, I played against Shaquille O'Neal twice a year. As a college basketball player, Christian, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal doesn't hold a candle to Christian Leitner. Wow. wow. And, I, and I truly believe that because you can get Shaquille O'Neal rattled. You cannot get Christian Leitner rattled, you know, especially in big games. And he's proven that. You know, in that situation right there, would Shaq be that calm and cool? I doubt it. And I'm not knocking Shaq because he's one of the best big men of all time. But as a college basketball player, mentally at that, at that age, he had no – he no one in college basketball could hold a candle mentally especially when the game was on the line and his proof, the proof is in the pudding, you know, than Christian Leitner. You know, you can say, well, I don't like Christian Leitner, all that. I had respect as a college, as a basketball player, you know, it wasn't about Kentucky Duke at that time. It was about Duke was in the way of us getting to, you know, reaching our dreams because it was the only chance we had as seniors to get to the final four and have an opportunity to win the championship. It wasn't about, we hate Duke, nothing like that. I've been knowing Bob since we're, juniors and seniors in high school at Nike camp. And guess what? Nike camp was well represented in that game that night. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what was that night gotta... like for you, Sean? What, after that game, describe kind of your night, the emotions, and how long it took you to get over that? 
it took me a while. You know, sometimes it comes back because, you know, you say, what if? You know, there's a lot of what ifs if we win that. Do we win the national championship? You know, what's different in everybody's lives, you know? Lives changed and became something that night. Duke became um, a juggernaut from a history standpoint and a, and a, and a, and a, what I want to say, uh, a program standpoint. Because I think it was fake. I think it was it was meant for Bob and him to win two in a row. It hadn't been done in years, so you got to look at it that way. Um, it was fake for us from a Kentucky basketball standpoint. Could we have been any more famous if we had won the national championship? You know, we're, we're treated like, you know, different than any other team, even though they've gone further, won national championships. But the Kentucky, the, the Kentucky basketball program of today started March 28, 1992. And that's the reason why Cal, it was a dream job for Cal. It was not a dream job for Cal when he was coaching against us at UMass. That job became a dream job for Cal after the fact and what Coach Patino was able to do. And then Kentucky became a major player again in college basketball because of the probation we had gone through up until that point. Yeah, I want to get to that for a second, Sean, because for people who aren't as quite the younger people aren't quite familiar with the history of it all. The fact is that that uh, any team bonding takes place in any given year. We know that, and and every year is different. But you guys, you were part of a th- a group called the Unforgettables. You were a part of a special group that it's all. Uh, there's no other college that's got a commemoration of a group of players who uh, for the specific reason that you guys had, and so that had to be so incredibly tantalizing to get that far as your particular bonding group. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, and CM Newton was was good because he felt so bad for us. You know, he knew it was our only crack at it, you know, and, and we had no, you know, none of us was involved with the situation that put Kentucky in, on probation. But we were so devastated after that night, just the way it happened. It, it probably would have been better if Bobman would have beat us by 20. But because we gave everything and we always gave ourselves a chance to win and the game was so significant, we were devastated. And then two nights later, we have a banquet, not only in a banquet hall, we had our banquet, our awards banquet in Rupp Arena. Oh. How many colleges have their, have their banquet in, their, in, 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 in front of 20,000 people? Yeah, not too and, many. and then to get your jersey retired at probably one of the most prestigious places in, in all of college sports. And we had no clue about it because not one of us was an All-American. Um, that was that kind of helped a little bit, but there was no time, no place where we can go anywhere and not be reminded. You know, I mean, radio stations weren't stopped playing music and was playing K Wood's Last Call. So we couldn't run from it. And... Um, it was tough, you know, and then watching Bob and them go on and beat Indiana and beat Michigan uh, for the national championship um, really was, was nothing because I thought they won the national championship on March 28th. Before we continue that interview, I just have to let you guys know that it is that time of year again. We have waited two years for this moment, and it is finally here. March's biggest tournament is back. Gonzaga is getting ready to run the table. Slippers are being fit as we speak. And our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting our listeners at the center of the action. How? 
If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. You download the app now. You use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to the test and then to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I know this because I use them. So remember, the code is FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't disagree with that statement. Um, I think, and you touched on, Sean, why why your fans you know, think so fondly of your team. As, and I think anyone that watched that game it's so impactful, just the resiliency, the grit, the mental toughness, the will to win that, that both teams had in that game. We both shared that, and, and that's why, like, so many people are so attached, so get so you know, emotional or connected to that game, not only to, to finish the last two shots. Uh, and, and the shot before Christian, by the way, I got to bring this up. You know, <laughs> we, you, know you, you, you got by me a few times during that game. You, know, you had a great handle, great crossover. And, and I told my family this when we were watching the game, and because you have to admit to your failures as well as your your, your successes. Um, and and you got me with that left to right cross, and it had nothing to do with that screen on Pelfrey. That just happened to be there because you, get, you were getting by me with that right hand, even if even if Pelfrey wasn't there. I think it was Pelfrey, right? They clipped yeah, me up, up the screen. Uh-huh. So I I get I get a little bit of a pass for that you know, because the screen, but it was actually, you, you legitimately got me with the cross and you were going to go by me, even if that screen wasn't there, my friend. So that was a heck of a shot. The only thing we will say in the playground is those straight on banks though. You know, it's those, those you call it, how about? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, again, man, a heck of a, of a, of a battle, you know, competing against you and just having the energy that you forced me to use that game to, to make my way around the chessboard. It was, it was pretty amazing, you know. Well, Bob, I'll let you know one thing, man. I haven't told anyone this, but I didn't sleep the night before. There was no way I, I, could, I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't do anything. I, we ran into each other at the press conference, and it was you, Christian, and I want to say Brian, and it was me, John, and Darren. And it was cold that day. We had just come back from practicing at the Palestria. And you know, it was a, such a thing because you guys had such a dominant year and coming back from off a national championship run, um, you know, I, the, the grit. You, you reason why you appreciate a team like us, Bob, because you've been an overachiever your whole life. Mm. So you, 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 from your standpoint, you would have mixed in good with us because you've been a battler your whole life. You know, you went over to, you know, you lived in Jersey City, but you had to go over to the other neighborhood to prove your worth. And you always had to prove yourself because everybody looked at you like you weren't very good. And Mm. you would bust their behind every single time. And for me, I just had to grasp, like, we're playing on national national television, and I'm watching this guy, and he's quicker than what you think. 
especially in person, I can't let this guy just embarrass me <laughs> like you have been doing everybody else. And only thing I could do was, and that, it was my idea. I told Coach P, I said, Coach, just let me deny him. Just let me not play up the gap. I hated that we were playing you guys zone at the beginning because I thought by playing you guys zone, you could rest a little bit and you were able to pick your spots. You mean, every time you, your, every jumper you made was straight, was dead on in the same spot on both ends of the court. And then it was openings to where you can get penetration. And then two, because you guys were so good in transition, you took, if you noticed, you guys were probably perfect. Every, every transition situation that you had against us, yeah. you made us pay. And that was a credit to you. If you look at that game, every time there was a transition situation, you got Grant Hill, who's big time. You got Brian Davis. You got Thomas Hill. You got other guys. And every time they looked for you to give you the rock and you made the right play and they made the right layup every single time. And that's just a credit to Bob Hurley because you can say Christian Leitner, and I've heard all these stories about how Christian and Bob relationship and things like that. To my, in my personal opinion, Christian Leitner is not Christian Leitner if there's no Bob Hurley. And that's how much respect I have for Bob Hurley. Sean, amplify what you're saying about the transition game. Uh, there were at least two times when they scored uh, uh, and right down after you guys scored, and, and Vern Lundquist was, like, marveling. You know, the Duke keeps coming at you. Duke, just you – they're relentless. They keep coming at you, but they were really good at that. At the, at the, I call it the right back, you know. Like, the Lakers mm -hmm. were great at that with Magic, the, the right back. You score and boom – don't turn your head. Here they come. Duke was like that. I got to ask you, Sean, about one guy whose name has not come up. And um, I think uh, he had a game that you and he were the two. You know, I'm Sean. Mash had a good game. Dale Brown had a tremendous game this day. And uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about what, what the player he was and, and, and that day. I'll tell you what. He, Dale was a great player. I thought Gradell was was one of the best additions for us having a season that we had because he could defend more so than he just as much as he had an offensive game. Dale came from uh, Mississippi, what was it, uh, Gulf Coast Community College, was known as a rifleman, could really shoot, and he came in to replace Derek Miller, who was really good, was a big-time scorer for us and could really shoot it with size. And uh, he came in the game, and he was wild. He, you know, he was nervous, first time really been in a – well, not been in a big-time stage because we played in Rupp Arena every night, but this, this stage was a little different. And he was a wild as a bug there. He came in, took two bad shots, turned it over. Then the second half, you know, he, he gathered himself and uh, he started making shots. He made one big shot where it was like a scoop shot between Bob and Christian. I don't know if it was a foul, but, hey, we'd take it at that particular time. Me. I don't know. <laughs> After further and, uh, review, I watched that on Saturday. I was like, that wasn't – I didn't foul him. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> did they call it on you or did they call it on Chris? I think they called it on me, but, I, yeah, I mean, it, it might have been Chris. feet away from it. You, you know what the refs would have done this year if that if that foul was called? It wouldn't have been a foul. They just would have put their hands up. Exactly. The refs love doing that, right? The, the guy went straight up. That's what we both did. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, Sean. But, but, but Dale Brown was a great addition. I thought he had a great night, and, and he is unheralded because he had 18 points in the second half. Yeah. Bobby, is it how weird? much – is it strange for you guys to be looking at each other right now after, you know, watching this game the other day and it was so long ago and you can kind of see the emotions on both your faces? Bobby, is it is it strange looking at John right now? I mean, I have empathy 
for him because I think Coach K said it right after the game that, like, no one deserved to lose this game. The only reason we won is we had the ball the last. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that, a testament, again, to the, to the coaching, the will to win, the playmaking, the shot making. The, the one thing that, uh, that I was super impressed about, even in addition to Sean making me work the way he did, was just the ball movement. Um, and both teams passing the ball, moving the ball. Um, and, and we try and preach that now as coaches, convincing mm-hmm. guys to move the basketball. And, and you saw the benefit of it. You rarely see games where a team scores 104 points in college, 103 points. So just, uh, and it wasn't like we weren't trying to guard anyone. We just couldn't stop each other after a while. And so you, you just get a greater appreciation just for all the, the quality of the game. And, uh, you know, from a coaching standpoint, again, the, the ball movement. And then how about for me and Sean? There were no ball screens then. None. We didn't even have a chance to get a ball screen, get a big to hedge out or something, maybe get a split or <laughs> get a switch. Get, get me on a five-man one time. Get Sean Woods the heck off me. But, um, right. you know, so it was just some different things you pick up. So much has changed, you know, in, in our game from watching it as well, just uh, 20, whatever, how many years later it is. It's, uh, Bobby, a um, couple of things. Has – could anyone other than Grant have made that pass on your roster, A, and B, how much situational practice of that nature had you guys ever done? Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I was uh, – Bob, I was a second baseman, and I was a second baseman because I had quick feet and no arm. So <laughs> I wasn't going to reach Leitner with that pass, so it wasn't going to be me. Um, I think the right guy was definitely – you know, Grant had size, and he had a great natural ability to pass. You know, so he was – he was the, the perfect selection for, for that situation. Because you remember the year before, did you see – you guys were in the same building when UConn beat Clemson when Scotty Burrell threw yeah. one down to Tate George in the baseball. Absolutely. And he had been a pitcher with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball drafted by the yeah. bigs. But uh, Grant, of course, is a wonderful athlete. But, but uh, I, I had a look at it twice. When I first saw it, I said he didn't even fully extend his arm, and he got it down there. But actually, he did. I thought I thought he almost short-armed it. I I, I was going to give him even more credit, perhaps, than he deserved. Yeah, I mean, I think he got the visual quick of what he wanted, and then and then he was just trying to be precise, and he was. I mean, he he, he nailed it. I mean, he got it to him right where he needed it, and and then later couldn't took have been it. that couldn't have been better. Yeah, couldn't have been better. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, guys, just how tight it was. I, I uh, with 5:20 to go, it was score was 83-81. Uh, you guys, Bobby, and from that point on, now 10 minutes and 20 seconds, the biggest margin either way was three. And I don't know how many lead changes there were and ties, but I can tell you as a fan, the tenseness of it. This is when you know you know you're 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 sitting in something truly and utterly special. I can't begin to imagine what it's like to play in a game like that at any time during the season, let alone one with the stakes that were yeah. present at, at that game. It, it, all it, just, it all added up into something truly special. It was. And, and, and I think we, we touched on just, like, quality of, of the shot making. And we, we had tremendous belief in ourselves. Like, we, were, we expected to win every game. That's what we had been doing all year and, and had the confidence of being a national champion. And it, it took that type of effort, you know, from, from Kentucky to, you know, to take us right to the wire. And, I, there was some doubt creeping in down the stretch, though. When, when Mashburn had that three-point play on the baseline, uh-huh. that was a moment where I said, oh, man, we, we could be in trouble in this deal. And then, uh, and then obviously, Sean shot, you know, just a you, – you, you feel as a player that, you know, a guy makes a shot with that difficulty, with that type of defense in that moment that, 
it's not our time. And it's amazing. I, it, I, I had a hard time believing. I know Coach K tried to bring us back in a moment and convince us we could win, but it was hard to convince myself that we were going to get it done in that amount of time. Were you guys surprised at all that Christian didn't get kicked out? I know it was a different time. Today, let's face oh, it, out. Leitner gets tossed for stepping on Timberlake. W was there any surprise? Did you guys see it vividly at that point? And clearly it was intentional. Well, for us, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. He, hit, he stepped on the right person because if he just stepped on anybody else, it would have been an all-out brawl. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> And, and people don't remember, I, I'm the only person in University of Kentucky basketball history to get thrown out of the game his senior night. Did you really? Because of a uh, Jay Price had uh, elbowed me, and I stuck him, and then we just squared up. But <laughs> the, we were, but that day, if someone would have just deliberately stepped on Jamal, Darren, John, or Richie Farmer, mm, nah. Nah, you know, and if you saw Mash pushed him, yep. and I just walked into him and said, "What are you thinking?" You know what I mean? But I'm gonna give, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Coach K knew Christian was wrong, but Coach K stuck up for him because I walked over to the to to Coach K, and I said, "What is your guy doing?" And he went off on me like <laughs> the guy went under him, you know, like he took up for Christian real really? fast. And then I just walked off like, okay, all right, I'm not winning this battle. You know, you're not going to feel sorry for us. But um, it was just one of those games where – and also Christian stepped on the wrong guy. It was really Darren Fellhouse who actually pushed him, who nudged him. It wasn't, it wasn't Timberlake. It was Darren who, 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 who kind of cracked him a little bit. But Christian didn't know which one it was, but it, and he took it out of, on, on Timberlake. But, you know, when, when you've got two teams that ain't going to bear – bow down to either one. And, um, you know, Bob and I and the rest of the guys who were in that game, yeah, we're receiving the the accolades from what everybody thought was one of the best games ever. But you don't think about that while you're playing. You're just playing, trying to survive and make plays to win the basketball game. And even, you know, when we got back to the hotel, we weren't thinking that. You know, we didn't think that until you guys start talking about it. We just thought of it. It was a tough game that we lost, and now we're done with. You know, my senior year is done. It's the only crack I had at it. And uh, but you know, to be in that situation, uh, we're all blessed um, to be part of something that's special like that, and it's continuing on. Uh, unfortunately for us, you know, we lost. But you know, like I said before, sometimes you got to throw fate in there, and you know, it was Bob's and them fate. It was Duke basketball's fate. Kentucky basketball still reigns as one of the top three or four programs in America. Duke still reigns as one. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like Kentucky lost to Clemson or Kentucky lost to, you know, or Duke played against. No, it's two of the most prestigious programs in all the college sports. And for it to go down like that, that's what makes, I think, the situation that much more besides um, how good we played the basketball game. And Jeff, I don't know how either of us can top that one to sum up this momentous occasion. You know, that, 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 was, really, that was really, really, really well said. He's so right about the fact that, you know, the, uh, it was who it was uh, that, that puts the cherry on the Sunday. And, and no, when you know when you love sports and you know college basketball, you appreciate, you appreciate it even, even more.
And I remember I'll tell you guys, I walked out, um, Sean, I, I was actually keeping the, the old the scorecard, you know, with the, the, the scoring in addition to my note taking. And I held up, I wrote on the back of the scorecard, uh, greatest game ever, question mark. And I stuck it in front of K. Wood Ledford's face as I was walking out. And, you know, and uh, so, you know, I, that's how it hit me right away, immediately. That's how important it was. You guys should be so proud to participate in anything like this. Now, I know, Bob, I know you wish every day just like I do. You know, we're, we're, we're both from the same cloth, uh, real intense, passionate. Uh, when you're coaching your guys, especially your point guards, you know, I tore Achilles practicing with my guys. I, I got so frustrated that they couldn't attack the seams against the zone. Uh, but, Bob, my question to you is how are you, how are you dealing with coaching today's kid uh, compared to, you know, what we were I – mean, you, you, I'm from Gary, Indiana. You know, my coaches got in my butt. You played for your dad, and no, there was nobody rougher on you than him. Yeah. How do you how do you cope with that? Because you know, I was in a situation. You know, I you know that was unfair to me. But you know, it's just a different day now. How how do you cope with with that now? Being who you are, coming from where you come from, and 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 you know what you're saying and what you're doing works because you've lived it. Certainly, Sean, I, I have a drill, too, that I do with, with the guards, and, and I'm, I'm actually the defender, you know, and, and they got to go by me at the three-point line. And if they can't go by me at the three-point line at this stage, I know I'm in deep trouble. So that's, that's the first thing there. Um, but then as uh, just more specific to your question, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you try and convince and in, in numerous ways to want to get your group to play together and, and live in the moment and – uh, some having difficulties. I see you. You're okay. Okay. You're yeah, okay. Bobby. Bobby with technology. Up on my screen. Bobby, yeah, okay. too good. But just getting them to buy into to playing like a team game, like you saw, there was no no one was thinking about like the draft or you know, uh, you know what my numbers are in the stat sheet after the game, how many shot attempts I got up, or you know, like you just want to try and reinforce that as much as you can, because I think that has changed somewhat. Like every, right. every kid you recruit has their own agenda and trying to, to get that agenda aside and focus more on, on what we need to do. Because the, the main thing they don't understand is how life-changing winning is. And you touched mm -hmm. on that. It changes your life. It changed my life. I, it put me in a position to have amazing opportunities by being a champion and going to Final Four. So you hope that that, that message gets delivered and gets through to players and they finally get it to where they're willing to set aside sacrifice and, and play together, you know, in order to try and win, you know. And that, that's tough, you know, because they don't see it the way we do, you yeah. know, and, and what you said is true because everybody, every kid thinks they're a pro. <laughs> and, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we, we looked up, you know, you, you obey coach K you wanted to make sure you wanted to, you know, make, make coach K proud of you. Yes. Uh, it wasn't no hidden agendas, you know. You come from, you know, playing for your dad, and you guys have a historical high school deal with all the pros that come out of St. Anthony's, and you know, me being an Indiana kid, and you know, so on and so forth. We didn't think that way. We just wanted to be great at, in the moment, you know. I'm wanted to be the best guard in the country. You wanted to be the best guard in the country. I, you know, um, we took pickup games serious. Yeah. Um, you know, you had older guys coming back to Duke playing pickup guys with you guys. We had Sam Bowie and Melvin Turpin and Rex Chapman coming back, Kenny Walker coming back to play pickup games with us. So we were still humbled enough to just want to stay in the moment and be able to play. And yeah. to be in that situation, it was just 
we've been overachievers all our life and we respected the game of basketball. Basketball to us was a sanctuary, you know, where I can fight and not have, you know, I can argue, you know, and compete at the highest level um, with, with, with not, any, not any precaution. Now it, it's not, you know, these kids want to be friends and, you know, it's all right to fight. I mean, come on. You guys had a major, major run and you and Christian and whoever throwing balls at each other and all that. That doesn't happen anymore. Hey, I hit him in the head with a pass. That was one of my turnovers in that game. I didn't even, wasn't even trying to. It was amazing how that all worked out. <laughs> Bobby, what, what was your relationship like with Christian? What, what was it like? Was it, was it combustible at times and then, you know, great friends yeah, other times? It's what, what Sean said. It's like I grew up in Jersey City, and my dad was really hard on me growing up. I, I was had like a perfectionist mentality about everything. And so, like, Christian being hard on me was nothing compared to what, like, I already dealt with. And so I was able to handle that. And, and I think Christian thought that he would have been able to get under my skin more than he probably actually did. But, yeah, I mean, we had our moments. But it, it's all about, like, challenging each other, too. Like, like he, I think, doubted sometimes if I was given everything I had. But, like, that was never true. So there was always going to be, like, conflict. But we were, like, willing to face conflict, not, like – you know, run away from it. Um, and that's what I try and talk to our team about. Like, like it, be willing to expose yourself to the possibility of failing. Like, that's, that's a possibility. Like, it was a possibility in that game. But at the same time, if you do that and you go all in, then you might be close to perfection. Like, as an athlete, Sean, like, playing in that game reminds you about, like, how great it is to, to almost be involved in something that was so perfect. And that's mm -hmm. what you strive for. Can you get to the top of your game? Can someone else be that good that they elevate you so that you take your game to another level? And that happened like over and over and over throughout that game. Um, so I know I just just totally ducked your question about. No, Christian. no, no, you didn't. You actually yeah. didn't. I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I, listen, I'd love to ask you the, the, the best story with you and Christian, you know, fighting and going at it. I don't know if you're going to go there, but that that would be a hell of a story if you're willing. to. But, but here's the deal with that. I can I can pin it back on that. Bob ain't no punk. Okay, and whatever Christian was doing because Bob came in with some accolades and, you know, well, you know, Coach K handed him the ball and said, you're my point guard, where Christian thought that he had to earn his deal more so than Bob did. Okay, that's, that's feelings. We all have feelings. And, I, you know, with that, if, if that's what Christian held over his head, then that's okay. That, that's Christian's feelings. But what – I know, and what Christian has never said was, you know what I mean, yeah, I messed with Bob, I tried to get under his skin, but I promise you, and I've never was there, just knowing what Bob's like, because Rod Rhodes is like my little brother, and Rod Rhodes played with, 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 with Bob for a little bit at, at, at St. Anthony's. Bob was going to hear Christian, but Christian wasn't going to just pump Bob to where Bob was just going to say, hey, you the man. That's probably what kept Christian going dealing with Bob because he couldn't break him, you know, where probably Grant was probably more of a non-controversial type of guy and Brian and him were buddies more so than anything else and everybody else just follows suit. Well, there's nothing that Christian Leitner can do to Bob Hurley that's already been done. You know, Bob Hurley grew up on the streets of Jersey City. You know, Christian Leitner don't hold a stick to probably, you know, Bob Hurley getting out of the cage 
because somebody jealous of Bob because, you know, this white guy coming over in the hood playing and people talking about him and ain't talking about that guy. So I know Dagon well. That's probably what made it even more. If Bob would have Bob bowed down to Christian, it wouldn't have been no deal and they wouldn't have been as good. But because Bob was so already tough and had savvy, he already probably knew what Christian was all about and he wasn't going to let Christian punk him. And guess what? Christian needed Bob to be Christian once Bob got there. And I don't care what nobody says. Bobby? I mean, I, I think a lot of what Sean, there's a lot of truth to what Sean said. And I don't know exactly what, what, what Christian's motivations were, but I know that his primary motivation was winning. And, you know, again, never, uh, never played with a more clutch guy in, in, in my career. And, you know, Sean mentioned the comparison with Shaq. And I think the thing that made Christian so great was just his, his versatility and being able to, to move him all around the court. And, uh, and, and that was, that was huge for us to just, you know, having that versatility. Um, and I think that's part of the reason even that Kentucky played a lot of zone. It's just hard to, it's hard to script and script offense for Christian. If, if, if you're going up against zone, you try and get him into space where he can catch it. And, but uh, yeah, I mean, our, our dynamic um, wasn't always fun to, to go through he and I, but I think he's, you know, again, he, he pushed me knowing that, that, that they needed us, they needed me to win and be at my best. So he was always trying to keep me accountable. And I think that was, that was his motivation with all that stuff. Well, guys, we, we appreciate you doing this. We know how busy you, the, the two of you are these days. Being <laughs> locked in. Uh, there, there couldn't have been a, a better timing uh, for all of this. Unfortunately, the circumstances are the way they are. But I, I still want to get you, two of you, if we can get to Augusta and get to Pete Sam this year, I, I think we got to get out on the on the playground, the two of you, and and maybe recreate a little bit of that of Sean, you going right by Bobby as if hey, he's trying to guard you. I told my Achilles, Bob, Bob's still fresh. You know, what I'm Bob. I mean, I know, I remember the car accident, Bob, but God, no, you still look great, man. I mean, I look okay. I'm, I just got done doing my hot yoga, my hot yoga lattes. You know, that's the only way I can stay fit, and I, I run and stuff, but. My son now is on my staff, Bob, and he was oh, there awesome. when, I took my, my, when I told my Achilles. So whenever I get going and my adrenaline gets going, he starts to come over and be like, hey, man, chill out now. You know, <laughs> you're already going through this one day. We ain't going through this other one. You know, I remember yeah. having to do it on the road. I got to, you know, I got to help you put your suit on. I got to help you change your clothes. I ain't trying to do that no more, Pop. Yeah. So, no, that's great. You got to have that, that angel on your shoulder looking out for you. No doubt, man. But Bob, you know, has always been a respect deal, man. And uh, ever Maybe. since we were high school kids and, you know, like that, like that old saying in the hood, game recognizes game. And, you know, we're not here right now doing this if it wasn't for our upbringing. We come up kind of the same way, you from Jersey City and me from Gary. But we, we were blessed to play for some of the coaches that we played for. We were blessed to play for some of the guys that we played with. and. It seems like a perfect script, but we had a perfect cast. And, you know, nobody, whether it was the walk-on on your team or the guys that didn't play very much, everybody who, you know, the game of athletics in general, I don't care if it's the last person, the best person, everybody has a part to play in you and I's lives, just like Christian's lives, just like Jamal's lives. And we're fortunate. You know, we're fortunate to be one of the top guys coming out of high school. We're fortunate to – take our teams to the highest level in, in, in college. And, um, man, you know, it's, 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 it's gratifying. And I'm, I turned 50 on Sunday. That game was a day before my birthday. 
Mm. My birthday's March 29th. So that day always resonates with me, you know, and uh, Bob, I know it does you. And man, I'm proud of you. You know, you got in the horse business. Um, you know, you got into the, to the, the sport of I'm Kings. I'm what I'm supposed to be doing now. Back, <laughs> you came back home, man, to, to, to give back to what you're naturally doing and you and your brother. And, you know, we're point guards, you know, and, you know, nobody knows how to run teams better than us. And that's Absolutely. the reason why you're successful at what you're doing. And I'm successful still at what I'm doing, man. And I just wish you the best. And I want you to know that every time Arizona State is playing, I'm watching. And anytime you throw that jacket off, you curse the referee out. I'm doing the same, man. And I'm with you, baby. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you. Hey, same here, man. Utmost respect, Sean. And, uh, you know, that game, it, it was a, a, such a reminder of how, how good of a player you are watching you. Because I, I was just watching our matchup more than the overall, you know. Me too, Bob, just so you know. Me I'm too. Telling you, I, like, my, at, like, the three-minute mark in the game, I got up and, and, and my legs were, like, heavy, like, wobbly. <laughs> like, I, I felt the fatigue. You know, I feel like I relived that whole game. I was like, how did this guy have the energy to keep putting me through this for, for 45 minutes? So, you know, unbelievable. It's always great seeing you out on the road. And, and I think, you know, college game is better, you know, with you working with your players. And I'll be rooting for you the whole way as well, man. Listen, hey, th Bob, thanks, guys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. This was, uh, I think, cathartic for hopefully all of us. And, uh, again, Bobby Hurley, uh, Sean Woods, two of the key players from arguably the greatest college basketball game ever played. So thanks, guys. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see each other soon uh, in person. Hey, good. Good. Thanks, Bob, Jeff. Take care, Bob. Hold on, guys. <laughs>